I don't. I guess. This is the Halftime Report with Idaho Freedom Foundation President Wayne Hoffman, one of Idaho's most respected, influential public policy voices. Hey, welcome everybody to another Halftime Report. I'm live in uh, North Idaho and I'm here with my grandbaby. He wave hi. And also Representative Tammy Nichols, Senator-elect uh, Brian Lenny. Welcome to the program. Hey, actually, good to be here. Glad, glad to have you both here. Uh, and actually, um, so uh, uh, Tammy is running for the state Senate, um, uh, uh, but is in the legislature currently. Um, Brian is um, senator-elect from uh, the Napa area. Uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts on the upcoming special legislative session. In particular, I want to start with you, Tammy, um, as an incoming member i'm sorry as a current member but an incoming senator um what's your thoughts are on the fact that the governor has called a special session for next week oh wow i have a lot of thoughts in regards to this actually I'm sure um, you would. <laughs> i'd say first and foremost what i found really really interesting is that uh you know a few years ago during the whole COVID thing uh we were begging basically a lot of the legislative body was begging to get us back into a special session. We had states all over the nation that were going into special sessions to deal with COVID issues. And so we were begging, asking for the governor to get back in. And he drug his feet on that for quite some time. And when we were able to actually get in, everything was very narrow, narrowly tailored, um, you know, to be able to, to talk about issues. And somehow, though, now this is a major issue that needs to be addressed and can't wait till the next session. And so I just find I find the the irony in that um, to begin with. And Brian, you're I mean, you would ordinarily have a chance to vote on these policies um, in the legislature if in come January. Um, I read somewhere that uh, I think it was. Um, uh, Senate pro tem Chuck Winder, and it may be attributing to the wrong person, but he was quoted in one of the articles in the newspaper as saying that uh, he's talked to freshmen who don't appear, incoming freshmen who don't appear to be offended by the idea that the policies, tax policy and spending policy, are going to be decided by this lame duck legislature. What do you think? <laughs> well, he hasn't talked to me. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't. We we have never had an audible conversation, me and Chuck. Um, we're going to have many over the next few years, though. Um, my initial thought is, you know, echoing Tammy, is that the first thing I thought about was it's just a because it is. It's just a political stunt right before the election. So we have, you know, even even if the bills, let's, there's two issues. There's the timing of it and that Little is kind of, in my opinion, acting almost like a king. Um and then there's the bills. But even if the bills were good, the timing of it, you're, you're basically just buying votes. You're sending, you know, most most elections, as we all know, are decided by low information voters or many elections across the United States. So people are going to get whatever. I forgot the amount, three hundred dollars a person or, or whatever it is uh, from Brad Little right before the election conveniently. So the timing of it is is just goofy. And, and the fact that Little is pre-orchestrated a bill and then he came and announced it to us and said we're just going to vote up or down on this um i thought that's what the legislature was for like deliberating and arguing and things like that so so now um 
Tammy, you're on the Rev and Tax Committee. Um, the governor is saying that you only have this one bill to look at. What, are you going to sit by and let that happen, or are you going to try to see that other legislation is considered instead of the one the governor wants? You know, um, I find that really interesting as well. Um, you know, here we are at the legislature. It's supposed to be our job to legislate. It's not the executive branch's job to, to do the legislating. And so we're being presented with one bill. I first have issue, I, I take issue with the constitutionality of this, of this RS that's coming before us because in our state constitution, Article 16, it states that our bills are supposed to be a one issue type bill. There's not supposed to be multiple components of different parts of law that are weaved into one bill. And when I was looking through it, I noticed that the, the, um, the, the, the titles and the codes are in different locations. And so I really find the constitutional part of it, um, I'm questioning that and wanting to find out if this is actually a constitutional approach. Secondly, there should be other issues that are being brought forward. Um, you know, if we were coming in and we were here to deal with actual inflation and what all Idahoans are experiencing with inflation uh, costs rising, gas tax, food tax, property tax, those sorts of things, I am all for that. And I'm, I'm actually okay with the income tax being addressed too. I don't have an issue with that. But that's not really what I see. What I see is that this session is to throw a bunch of money at education and then we're going to throw in this little hook of uh, tax reduction so that it makes it hard for anyone to vote against it and so it makes it look like we're really trying to address taxes and inflation issues and if we were really doing that we'd be pulling in these other components of what Idahoans are really experiencing. So now I'm going to put you both on the spot because now Tammy you're going to be there next week. Brian you're not so I'm going to and ask you to pretend as if you're I'll already be, there. I'll be in the peanut gallery, though. Well, but yeah. I mean, that you're not going to be, no, I know what you meant. Yeah. You're not going to be serving in the body. But at, based on what you know today, would you vote for this? Or I mean, it, it puts you in this ridiculous spot because there is a tax cut there, and there are people yeah. who need a tax cut. There's no question about that. But it's tied to all the spending. And I mean, you're given a bunch of money to the higher education system, I guess, for some kind of. Um, um, at in-demand jobs, which you kind of would ask, well, isn't that what the university is supposed to be doing anyway? <laughs> I mean, well, it, maybe maybe give a little bit less money to the gender studies program or something. But mm -hmm. my question for you is, okay, it has a tax cut in there. People obviously need a tax cut. Do you vote for this? Tammy, you're going to be there. Brian, if you were there. Do you want me to go first or you're going to go first? I know what I'm going to say. Why don't you go first, Tammy? Okay. I won't, cha I won't change my answer, I promise. <laughs> so here's my thing. I'm going to go in and try whatever I can first to bring in other, other ideas, other pieces of legislation, and to try to sort this bill out. Um, I have a real problem. And, you know, it's a tactic that I think is being utilized. So right now, I am not, I'm not in favor of how this entire bill is put together. Um, and so I can't, I can't right now say I would vote for this because I don't like the way everything's meshed together. I think things need to be sorted out. I think we need to be taking different issues and I think we need to be bringing in other ideas. So while I'm there, I'm going to be working to try to get anything else done that I can. We don't have just this one monstrosity to have to vote. It's yeah, I, it's ridiculous. I wouldn't vote for it. Um, the nature of yes, Obvi like Brian uh, Allman 
Hey, Brian. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Ian. They're all saying hi. I feel like I had to do a shout out. Um, the the nature of the bill is is uh, like Patrick Thomas there said in the chat. Here's the food. Here's the food you want. We just laced it with poison. So it's like, do we want tax cuts? Yes, but the tax cuts aren't really going to move the needle to affect inflation or, or do anything significant for Idaho families. It's what is it? It's uh, the numbers are in front of me. It's down what five point. No, the percentage, I mean, 5.8% and then we get $300. So $300, cool. I can fill up my truck one and a half times with right. diesel. And then um, the, the tax cut is almost meaningless. So obviously smart people, uh, people who pay attention to this stuff, people who watch this podcast know that it's just, it's a way to appease, in my opinion, reclaim Idaho and not have to deal with their ballot initiative to just dump money into education. Um, so no, I wouldn't vote for it. I would not vote for it as is now. If it was just a straight up or down, which it seems like it's going to be. If you could wave a magic wand, and well, let's say that you were you were king the way that Brad Little apparently is king of Idaho. <laughs> what would your <laughs> legislation look like? Me or Tammy? You go. You go first because I went first last time. So let's hear yours, Brian. Tammy's <laughs> Tammy's the pro. Well, in, if we're talking about this specific what's on the table right now. Um, the first thing I would do with what with what Littles put on the table, I would it should be three bills. And Tammy, you stole my point because I was going to say, okay. I'm pretty sure, I haven't got sworn in yet, but I was pretty sure we had like a one bill, one sub, and we do. Um, so it should be three separate bills. And I would say yes on both income. I would vote yes on both income taxes and no on the uh, education handout. Um, but in a perfect world, I mean, cutting, cutting our, I, I generally like a flat tax, which again, I'm not a, a expert, but from the way I've looked at it, from what I've seen, um, wouldn't this Wayne, you might know, or Tammy, you might know, wouldn't this actually be a tax hike on very low income people? Or am I reading that wrong? No, am I reading it wrong? It, 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 the, the, the brackets are recalibrated to, to inflation that changed the way the brackets are calculated, so it's not. Oh, okay. Um, but, it's a, but it's a minuscule um, tax cut nonetheless. And, and, and I call I, it breadcrumbs. Yeah, you know, bread I've been trying yeah. to stay away from breadcrumbs because ever since you said it last session, Tammy, <laughs> that's all I've been saying is somebody will bring up, what about that tax cut last time? And I, I said, well, it's breadcrumbs. And I think, well... Even the Democrats are using it now, though, Wayne. So it's it's a good it's a good term. Like if you're hungry, yeah. As long as a tax cut that identifies as a big tax cut, then it's a big tax cut or something. If you're hungry, you're still going to eat breadcrumbs. If you're hungry, you're still if you're starving, you'll eat breadcrumbs. But what would be nice when we're just swimming in billions of dollars would be some if they're going to do this, which I believe we've been overtaxed for several years. It should be something significant that actually moves the needle that might pay someone's mortgage for a few months, whatever. But I'm also not really a big fan of just checks from the government anyway. So, but uh, Brad's learning from his buddy, uh, President uh, Brandon. So who knows? <laughs> and, and so, Tammy, what does your ideal tax cut look like? My ideal tax cut is what we've actually been trying to do over the last few years, um, grocery tax repeal for one to get rid of the grocery tax inflation on our food has driven the price at the grocery store up tremendously and people are really having a hard time trying to you know make ends meet that way um 
our gas. I tried running a bill this last session. I tried to pull a bill forward to cut our gas tax just in half. We do 32 cents right now in tax. It's going to cut it to 16 cents for two years. And that was just to help kind of alleviate some of that pain at the pocket here when you're getting gas. Uh, property tax. We have to start addressing property tax. Now, property tax is complex, and I, I give credit for that. It is a complex thing, and it's done at both the, the local and the state level. There can be changes that are to help address our property tax. I would definitely bring in those three taxes. I think we could also look at cutting our sales tax. Um, sales tax are 6%. Supposed to be a temporary change, and uh, you know, and so we need to bring it back down to that five percent. I think um, help offset the inflation cost. So there's a lot of things that we can do to give Idahoans back their dollars. Um, the state is collecting uh, so that it's in their pocket instead, because I think our inflation is going to continue to rise up. I don't see it going down anytime soon. Yes, they're saying gas is going down, but we're still, what, $2 over our, our normal um, average that we had just a few years ago. So we need to start putting money back in the pockets of Idahoans. Fine, you're muted. Trying to mute, unmute the mic. Right. I, I, uh, I want to go back to the spending component on this, guys, because, okay, so the tax cut's in there, and maybe that's something that is helpful to Idahoans. It might not look like what you want it to look like. But is the spending part so much of a consideration that you could possibly look at voting against the, against the bill just because of the spending component? And the reason why I ask that is because I find it interesting that there are certain members of the caucus of the of the House Republican caucus, who in previous years have opposed increases in funding for just the higher education system, and so mm -hmm. there's a bucket of money for the higher education system. I think it's eighty million dollars, and that's more than even what some of the increases have been in the higher education. And they're still doing gender study programs, and they're still doing the LBGTQ offices and the black graduation, the diversity, equity, and inclusion. How do you vote for a tax cut if it includes that? The answer is easy. I don't. <laughs> I just wouldn't. I mean, the great the, the thing I was talking, you know, well, obviously since since the election and everything like that, we've all been talking to a lot of people. But uh, I was at the cigar lounge the other day and I was talking to someone about this stuff and someone said, well, if you can't just I've had several people tell me you can't just blank. And it's stuff I can do. They just don't want me to do it. But they said, you can't just get rid of the, we were talking about the grocery tax. They said, you can't just get rid of the grocery tax because then the state will lose X amount of revenue. And I said, I got elected to serve the people, not grow the state. Jeff Agenbrod, who, who will be voting yes on this, I would, he, he's a co-sponsor. Um, he also got elected to serve the people, but all he's done, or not all he's done, but large, largely what he's done. And this is why we had a we, we cleaned house in the primary, people stopped serving the citizens and they decided to grow the state. So I'm not interested in growing education when, like you said, it, there was, um, gosh, I forgot who posted it, but someone posted something, I shared it on Facebook today, uh, third day in sixth grade in an Idaho school, on their third day, a sixth grader is learning about gender bias and how you can't, you know, if someone says their pronouns are they, oh, you can't. So it's sure, like, make sure, make sure we get a copy of that. We've got a, a team at our center for American education and they've been getting emails and copies of homework assignments and stuff like that at the, 
or just a reminder at leadmap.org you can submit those documents the um, evidence if you will of indoctrination of social justice ideology so i hope people will do that but yeah we found some too at a middle school in boise the other day as well yeah it's happening all over and you know going back to the question on the education you know the, the question i pose is are we getting a good return on our investment and it seems that the more money that we keep spending and putting into education, the worse our education is getting. So I don't feel that we are getting that return that we should be getting. Money does not, throwing money at things does not equal better education. You have to get back to what education actually is. We've gotten way off track on what education actually is. So, you know, and spending does drive your taxes. So going back to the whole spending mechanism, I think we have a spending problem in our state. Um, it can be you know, attributed to lots of different things. I think we really need to get back to pulling the reins back in on our spend and then our education. We've got to get back to education. That's that's the bottom line. Would wouldn't you expect that if if um, if the um, if the, the public school system gets uh, uh, three hundred twenty million dollars more, that a bunch of that would go into gay and lesbian alliance clubs and. <laughs> into social emotional learning and CRT and stuff, I would. I think there's gonna be a lot of it that goes into that because that's the push that we're seeing transpire is that, that they want the SEL, they want the critical race theory, they want all that sort of stuff. Which, uh, you know, a year, year and a half ago, people were telling me did not exist and we know it exists and it's all over the place. So I think the money, it's not going to go, you know, they always say the, it's for the kids, it's for the kids. I rarely see the money actually go the kids. So, you know, where is this money going? And that, that's one of the questions I'm posing right now and giving out to my constituents and people that have uh, levies and bonds and things like that being ran um, in their in their area is to make sure they're asking these questions because where is all this money going? And, uh, you know, they say it's for the kids, but boy, I sure have a hard time, you know, seeing where that's actually I, I wanted to pose a hypothetical, and again, it's for both of you, um, and, and Tammy, this is something you might actually have the chance, who knows, to vote on. Maybe you won't. Brian, it's more, you know, what would you do if you were in these shoes? What if somebody came along and said, all right, we've got $300 million. Um, that would pretty much wipe out the federal government's uh, control over Idaho's education system by virtue of this. It's about three or $400 million of federal money that goes into public schools. Um, Representative Nichols, uh, Senator uh, 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 Lenny, we're going to take we're going to take that three hundred million dollars that we want to put in public schools, and we're going to wipe out all the federal money. And now the Biden administration can't control our school lunch program, our bathrooms, our uh, locker rooms, and all that. Would you vote for that? I would absolutely get the feds out of that control. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm a, education needs to be done away with too. So, yeah. Tammy keeps taking all my answers. I was going to say I'm in favor of a ball. I I don't think it will happen, but I would be. I'm in completely in favor of abolishing the DOE myself. Here's what we could do: if we could get the the feds out of Idaho school, um, what would be great? And and Tammy, you might you might know. I'm not. I don't know if I don't know if anyone really knows, but with this money, with this this Little's uh, bill, 
what if we then took that money and then I'm pretty sure we can spend it however we want. So wouldn't it be up to JFAC or the, the finance committee? So if this passes, they say, okay, here's this new, uh, several, whatever, $300 million, 400, however you slice 410, it. 410, 410 with the, yeah. What if we let's, let's spend that on like school choice or, or something like that. That would be the ultimate burn and it would be a great use of that money too. So it's like, yeah, yeah we, we, we have this education money. Now we're going to dump it into some kind of school choice, whatever, how, whatever that is. We don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but yeah. School choice is where it needs to go. I mean, I yeah. hear from constituents all the time, as I'm sure you do, that they want the option of what to do with their kids' education and all over their states, all over, especially states that are less conservative than Idaho that have been able to pass school choice giving parents the ability to make that decision. I think that, yes, school choice definitely needs to be part of this, uh, this equation. This guy said in the chat, spoken like rich people, what evidence do you have that school choice would work? There's a lot of evidence on uh, Idaho, what is it? IdahoFreedom.org. We don't have time to go into it, but um, Corey DeAngelis, if you actually want to know, Andrew, Corey DeAngelis has a lot of really good, solid, hard data showing what school choice does. It doesn't just affect uh, private schools or whatever. It it, it uh, enables competition. And what's the phrase I'm looking for? A rising tide lifts all boats. It yeah, makes public yeah. schools better, private It makes all schools better for everyone everywhere. Yeah. But, um, you know, throwing money at- really well in other states, even in uh, low income areas, it's working. In fact, I was at an event and I met three students that were from the inner cities. And I think one was from Detroit, one was from like Chicago. They were from the inner cities and there was school choice that was passed in some of, in some of their districts. And they were able to, they, they talked and testified about how if it hadn't been for school choice, they probably would have, uh, you know, ended up not being able to finish school. Uh, that they would not have the opportunities that they were given um, to be able to go to schools that that worked with their learning because um, one of them had learning disabilities. And so there was a lot of good opportunities that they were given because they were able to have school choice and the school aspect of their education. Yeah, I mean, when you... Sorry, go ahead, Wayne. No, I was just going to say that that's clearly what we should be talking about right now. And I'm worried too, and I, I wonder if you guys as far as well. Okay, so they put, they, they dump literally, well, not quite literally, they figuratively <laughs> dump um, uh, $300 million in the education system. And you know what they say next legislative session? Well, we just put this money in there, so we need to see how it works before we try out anything new like an education savings account or a voucher program. That's exactly yeah. what we're going to say, right? Go ahead. I, I would not be surprised if that's one of the things that we would hear. Yes. I think I think that and that, oh, now we have this money that we've dumped into education, so we can't give any more tax relief because we don't have enough money now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There was, and, and then we're also, I know we, we, we could all talk about this till, till Jesus comes back, but we, uh, you know, there's also the presupposition that throwing money at a problem fixes it. Like the, the highest paid, I guess, depending on where you look at, but I went to school in California as a, as a child and uh, some of the highest paid teachers in the nation are in California and they have some of the worst metrics when it comes to student results. So there was, again, I was um, having a polite discussion with a guy on Facebook the other day because I posted something about school choice 
and uh, he's, you know, he was saying, let's throw more money, more money. Teachers need paid more, more money, more money, more money. And then he said something about, I have no idea what it's like in really bad states like California. And I said, actually, I went to school in California, including up through my master's degree. And my mom taught public school in California for 35 years. So I know exactly what it's like because I lived it. And then the guy said, he kind of dunked on himself. The guy said, oh, your teachers failed you. So he was trying to trying to burn me or whatever. I'm like, you just proved my point. If my If the highest paid teachers in the nation, this guy, according to him, if they failed me, doesn't that, why should we pay them more? Doesn't that prove the whole point? Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's a pretty messed up system and it's a messed up system all over the country. And then maybe some states are messed up a little bit more than others, but the fact of the matter is more money doesn't solve the, the problem. And this is not a special session about a tax cut. This is a special session about how to buy off the left. Um, closing thoughts, guys. Hmm. Well, well, we. I want to encourage everyone right now to make sure that they are contacting their representative and telling them where they stand on this extraordinary uh, session. Um, you know, people need tax relief. They need real tax relief. Doing this little income tax thing is all fine and dandy. Um, but it's really not getting to the heart of the problem of what people are actually, I mean, I, I put out an unscientific poll not too long ago and asked what type of tax cuts people wanted to see. I had food tax that was in there. I had uh, uh, property tax, of course, that was in there, gas tax that was in there. I think uh, um, uh, income tax was probably about fourth or fifth maybe on, on the list. And so the real taxes that people are dealing with that are impacting their livelihoods is not is not necessarily the income tax. We need to be addressing these other issues. Inflation is up. Prices are up. People are filling it in their pockets. And we need to address the, those issues um, instead of throwing all this money at education. And we need to be looking at our, our return and our investment. Um, where is this money going? That's the other question I ask. Where is this money going? Yeah. Brian? I echo everything she just said, and I would say contact your legislators. Um, my senator, who's who's in my district, I just beat him in the election, so I don't know if he's really interested in hearing from me. But um, I did talk to both my representatives, Brent Crane and uh, Ben Adams. They're kind of on different sides of this. So people, if, if you email them for the last several years, you know, before I ran or anything, I've I've, I've done the, you know, the email blast to the legislatures. I just make my own subject line so they actually open it. But yeah, email, call, um, let them know what you want because they're supposed to rep, our, our, it's dumb that I even have to say this, our uh, senators and, and reps are supposed to represent us, not grow the state and do whatever Brad Little wants. So definitely let them know. Find If you don't know what district you're in, it's really easy to look up. Find out and let you have... Every district has one senator and two reps. Contact all three of them and let them know what you think. Call the governor's office, too. Yeah, and I, I just want to say um, an answer to, um, I can't have my reading glasses on. I think it's Candia. Um, the, uh, yes, the, 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 it takes 18 people in the, in the Senate uh, to pass the bill. It takes 36 in the House to pass the bill. And I, I, I'd point out that... Um, uh, in the past, so we'll go back to the 2020 legislative session, the special legislative session in 2020, which was supposed to take up COVID um, issues, um, uh, COVID immunity. And the, um, 
The governor had a bill that he wanted, which basically said that if you're a business and you comply with all the government's edicts regarding COVID, then you get immunity from COVID-related lawsuits. And uh, we went in and worked with some legislators on a different bill that basically said you can't sue people over COVID because you don't know where you got it. And that's the bill that passed. And so it's quite possible for people to show up and you know, be loud enough and, and uh, be strong and passionate enough about their position that the legislature passes something different or not at all. And yeah. that would be perfectly okay. So, yeah. and then um, I'm not really Let me sure just, let me, you, let that? me ask really quick. I saw a question pop up. Um, this session is going to start next Thursday, the first. It's supposed to start at eight o'clock. I'm told that there is supposed to be some public um, uh, input that is taken during the committee. And so people need to show up and, and speak their mind. I hear we're only going to have a, about an hour and a half, um, but I, I want to see people fill the capital. I want people there. I want them ready to speak and uh, and speak on this. Yeah, make, make make sure your voice is heard. You know, show up and you know if they if they if people show up and they say this is not the legislation they want and they pass this anyway, well, at least your voice was heard and you know they're not listening to it. So mm -hmm. it's it's extremely important. So yeah, I appreciate you saying that. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the program. Um, good to see you both um, and uh, can't wait to see what happens next week. Yep. Thank good you. Good to be here. And thank you all thank for you. watching. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for watching the program tonight. And we'll see you back again on um, Tuesday. Be sure to share this uh, content, like the content, and um, well, let everybody know what's going on so they have a chance to. Um, get out there to the Capitol next week. So thank you. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Hoftime Report with Wayne Hoffman. Be sure to visit IdahoFreedom.org for Wayne's articles, IFF research, and show notes from today's episode. 